Chase is alive. He killed my friend, now he's coming for me. He's got a death curse. Jason's a legend. I was his warrior. An old friend of the Christie's. Jason belongs in hell. You're joining me if you stay here. Never come back again. You see, Jason was away Sunday. And today is his birthday. Good evening, and welcome to another episode of Return to Camp Blood. I'm your host, Nathan Barker, and joining me tonight is the one and only Landon Evanson. Ooh, the one and only. That's how special. How's you it do. going, everybody? You do sound. <laughs> that does sound special. It's almost like you're fucking royalty or something. What the hell am I thinking? Yeah, yeah exactly. We all know that's bullshit. So it, we've had uh, some technical downfalls, but we're back up and running. So I haven't really got a chance to talk to you much in the meantime. But uh, what the fuck's been going on? Any updates before we get kicking off here? No, just same old, same old. You know, I've not writing as much as I used to in the past, but I'm hoping to get back to that soon. But other than that, it's just been, you know, same old shit, different day. So for our listeners that maybe have followed your writing work, where are you still currently writing for now? Well, currently is probably a stretch, but uh, <laughs> I'm still with Horror Geek Life. Um, okay. And there were some other sites that I kind of, when I left iHorror, uh, I was interested in, you know, doing some other things. I was going to, 1428 Elm had taken me on, but then it just didn't work out. I didn't have time. And so I'm kind of not doing anything with them. Um, and then uh, Nightmarish Conjurings, uh, the Shannon McGrew site. Uh, I was on board with that as well. And once again, just like before, just didn't have the time. It just comes down to, I just don't have as much time as I used to, to do those things. Um, but you know, I mean, the passion's still there to write. It's just, I don't get the opportunity as much as I'd like to. Of course. I hear you on that. And time is money and I never have enough of either. Right. Oh, definitely. Definitely. All right. Enough about your boring bullshit then time to move on. <laughs> so anyways, tonight's show now, as of the recording of this episode, the highly anticipated Friday fan film, Never Hike Alone, has been out for exactly two months. And I don't know the exact number right now, except I know that it has amassed over 75,000 views on YouTube where you can actually stream it for free. So if you haven't seen it, what in the fuck are you waiting for? Go and do it now because you have definitely been missing out if you have not seen this film. Now, our regular listeners will know that the director and good friend of mine, Vincent DeSanti, He's been on the show a couple times to give us some updates. He guest hosted on an episode about the, our, uh, our thoughts on the game. And I've been in talks with him a lot recently. And uh, he's definitely down to be on the show again to discuss all the things that we couldn't talk about before, obviously. Didn't want to give away the spoilers and all that good shit. So tonight, Landon and I are just going to have a discussion basically about our thoughts on the film, sort of like a, a, a review. Now, the show did do a, an official review on that. But this is just kind of like us talking shit and just, you know, just bullshitting about it and discussing some of the reactions from the Friday community. Now, I have to admit that being friends with the director, I obviously was privy to some details that the general public was unaware of. But still, my first my first thoughts, even knowing what I knew, was wow. Now, I knew that this was going to be a ton. Well, I shouldn't even say ton. I knew it was going to be better quality than some of the past so-called fan films being that they had a full crew and it was shot by an independent film company. Shout out to Womp Stomp Films. Not just a few amateurs out there, which there's certainly nothing wrong with the amateur films out there with the lower budget. Nothing wrong with that at all. Do what you do. 
uh, keep making those films. Just keep keep Jason alive. That's what we need. That's all that matters. So this is certainly not a dig to any of those because those are all good in their own in their own aspects. But this just wow. I mean, it looks like a Hollywood production. Amazing quality. You can clearly see the passion for the franchise in this. Also, great Easter eggs, and of course, I'm going to give some spoilers because if you haven't seen this already, shame on you. We're, <laughs> we're just going to talk about it all. So, of course, the cameo at the end by fan favorite Tom Matthews, aka Tommy Jarvis. Now, there were a few things that I didn't particularly care for, not necessarily ruining it for me, but you'll have that with any film. There's things about every Friday film that we all have opinions on. Well, they could have done this, they could have changed that, whatever the fuck. It is what it is. But anyways, the overall experience with Never Hike Alone is just badass. A great take on our favorite franchise. And now we'll get into some of those other details earlier, or I'm sorry, later. But Lando, after knowing what you knew prior to seeing the film, what the fuck did you think? I was, uh, well, you said, wow. I mean, I was just kind of, I was blown away by it. I mean, that was the thing, you know, with the uh, the teaser trailers and some of the footage that we you know had access to, uh, so it was clearly this is it's, it had the like you said a professional look to it, and so that alone I knew the likelihood it was going to be strong. I knew the cinematography was going to be good, so visually I knew it was going to be all right. It was just you know what kind of a story are they going to throw out there, and the story that they used, um, I don't even know. It was just uh, I was very very impressed by it. I mean it just. For me, when it comes to horror, I mean, I mean, I love all horror, but I mean, sometimes with the slasher films and whatnot, the storylines fall by the wayside a little bit. Sometimes things don't always make tremendous sense. Not that they have to, but with this film, everything that was going on made sense. I mean, why the decisions were being made of actions to take or not take made sense. And then, you know, I think that the Jason, the way Jason was portrayed in this one, I mean, I, in my review that I did for Horror Geek Life, I thought, you know, it was a little bit of human Jason, a little bit of zombie Jason. I thought there were like nods to both in there. Um, I was just, I was just really astonished by it. I, I thought, you know, in my mind, and I, we've talked about this before in, in, in past podcasts, you know, once we get past the legalities of everything and all the bullshit that goes on with this franchise, they need to bring in someone who knows the franchise, who's passionate about the franchise and has a talent for filmmaking. And you look at the Santi, I mean, that's all I could think the whole time. This is what we can have. If you put somebody in there that knows what the hell they're talking about has, has that passion for it and has talent as a filmmaker. And you look at this, I mean, the budget for this, I mean, I'm going off memory. What was it like $40,000? It might not even been that much. I'm saying, but if you get all of a sudden it's a studio situation where you've got millions of dollars, you'd think about what we could have if someone like Desanti were to get a crack at that 13th film, that that's all that, that was the, the thought that dominated for me while I was watching it. Yeah. And I totally agree. They obviously had great equipment. They had resources and obviously the connection with Tom Matthews there, which I do have to admit, I, I was aware that he was in the film prior, which it still didn't spoil it for me. When I seen it, I, I knew what aspect he was going to be in the film, but still seeing it, I was like, wow, that's fucking awesome. You know? So, yeah, well, that's, you had said before that you knew it was coming. I didn't. <laughs> and I have to say, I was watching it and I actually, I don't remember, I made, I know I made a sound and I kind of, I wouldn't say I jumped out of my seat, but I moved, I moved a little bit. I remember that. And it was, it's all kind of a blur, but it was just very exciting 
you know, cause you're like, okay, this is going to, it's obviously going to have a breakneck ending, but where are we going with this? And the doors open and it's Tom Matthews. And I mean, I could have just shit. That was that for someone who didn't know, I'm glad because I, when I, I went out after I watched, it, I went on IMDB just to look up some things and see what it had to say in there. And then I saw that, you know, he was on the cast. So I'm glad I avoided that before I watched it because then I would have just been waiting for it and, you know, watching for it. But the fact that it was an absolute surprise. Yeah, that was when you talk about Easter eggs, that in and of itself, even if the rest of the film hadn't been that good, that would have been worth it. But I mean, obviously, that was just the icing on the cake because everything else was so good. Absolutely. And the film really just set the tone right from the start with Kyle driving in the Jeep and they really set you deep into the woods and you're just kind of like, all right, you know, what the hell's going on here? And I know that early on, a lot of people were afraid or concerned that this was going to be a found footage uh, film and they didn't want that. And Vince, Mm -hmm. Vincent, of course, derailed any of those notions early on. I think he actually did that on, on a previous episode here, not Mm -hmm. to mention other news articles and stuff that there was going to be, you know, basically these entries, uh, these video entries, but it wasn't going to be a found footage. So I wasn't concerned about any of that prior. And I think that the take that they did with the, the diary, the video diary entries, if you want to call them that, Mm -hmm. I think that was really well done. And that was a a nice new fresh aspect to the Mm -hmm. Friday franchise, along with the drone views, the drone views just made a big difference compared to what we're used to seeing. And it really kind of set the tone for really putting them, you know, basically out in the middle of nowhere on his own. And he, Vince did a great job of making him really feel like he was alone. Like the title says, never hike alone. He damn sure seemed to be alone. <laughs> yeah. That isolation was, was certainly there. And like you said, I mean, the drones, that's really changing everything for, you know, filmmaking when you don't have a huge budget, you no longer, you don't have to have a crane. You don't have to have a helicopter, you know, you can utilize the drones and it works incredibly well, but I mean, I don't know. I mean, it was, even thinking about it now, it's just how, like you said, the, the, the new spin or, you know, a different flavor on things. I mean, we were talking about Friday 13th has been around since 1980 and the fact that they came up with an angle that, you know, we really hadn't seen before. And I, you and I talked about it, you know, away from the air, the idea of like almost like a one-on-one kind of situation. We hadn't seen that either, but I like to go back to the found footage. I mean, everybody was, you know, up in arms with the found footage thing because we're so far removed from the Blair Witch Project and people hear found footage and immediately they just roll their eyes. And even though this wasn't found footage, the aspects of it that could be looked at that way and, you know, angle they took coming into this, even if it had been that, it probably would have worked. You know, I'm, I'm thinking just in terms of not just the film itself, but if, if this had been a studio situation, you know, and it goes back to what I said before, that's where the frustration comes with, you know, there's, get past the legal nonsense and figure out what it is that you want to do. It's obvious that something special can be done with the franchise, even after all these years, if, I mean, you forgive me, but it's just certain people just need to get out of the way, you know, and that's, what's been holding it back. Cause I mean, we're, we're all waiting for the next, you know, incantation, whatever that's going to be. And if we get the same nonsense that we've been getting, I think people are going to be very disappointed. And I think if nothing else, never hike alone is really, helped with that. I think people are seeing even more that, you know, there's still an audience for this. There's still a call for it and how excited everybody is that it was done so well, you know, that there's still a lot of money to be made. I mean, you know, I, I mean, I hate to say it that way, but you know, that's how studios looks at things. There's still a lot of money to be made on this franchise and you could really revitalize it, you know, 
if you do it the right way. And obviously DeSanti is somebody who knows what he's doing. Absolutely. And 75 K in two months. I mean, I'm honestly kind of surprised that it's not been higher, but then again, you know how it is with media and advertisement. There are still people out there that aren't aware of the film. So mm-hmm. if you're a Friday fan and you like what you see, definitely share that link. It's free. I mean, come on, it's a free film. You know, why not? If you like it, share it out there to your other friends. I know that I even have some friends who they're horror fans, but they weren't necessarily familiar with it. They're not huge into Friday the 13th. Believe it or not, I do talk to people that aren't huge Friday the 13th fans. <laughs> I know that fucking comes as a shock, but now granted, most of the people I do I associate with, yes, they are big Friday fans. fans. Yeah, I yeah. just don't know how people I, can be a big I mean, horror fan and not at least even if you don't love it, at least like or appreciate Friday the 13th. I mean, because it's, it's such a big franchise, you know, in the genre, you would think it's, I haven't run into too many people who like horror who don't like Friday the 13th. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But like I said, I do have some friends that they're just not huge Friday fans and they weren't aware of Never Hike Alone. And I sent them the links. They're like, yeah, just send me the link. So I did. And they're like, wow, you know, they're familiar yeah. with some of the films and everything, but they were like, this is fucking awesome. You know, like, holy shit. And then to right. hear that a, a Hollywood production did not produce this. Like right. I said, they have a great squad over there at Womp Stomp. They obviously have some very talented people. I know some mm-hmm. people came on board later on. Renee Rivas, shout out to him, associate producer. He did some grip work on the film. Very talented guy, runs his own production company as well. So you had other people involved in this that also run their own independent film companies and do work in films. So it may be titled as a fan film, but to me, this was still basically a professional project. There were a lot of names associated with that. And the, uh, the editors, you know, big shout out to them. They obviously knew exactly what they were doing. Everybody knew what they were doing. Granted, like I said, there were some things that I didn't necessarily care for, but that's just my personal opinion and whatever it is, what it is. But overall, I've been seeing a very good response all over social media to this film. And there's been some people that have kind of had the same thoughts on the things that I didn't necessarily care for. But and, you know, we'll talk to Vince about that later. And I've talked to him about it, obviously. But, you know, we'll, we'll get him on the show and, and he can explain some of those things, too. But there's there's a reason for everything. Obviously, they saw it fit to do it, do it the way that they did. And that's that. Like I said, we, we all can't agree on everything. But overall, I mean, just like I said, wow. I mean, just great job. Great job by everyone. You know, kudos to all of you. And Drew, uh, Drew Lady did a great job. He's going to be back on the show again in the near future to talk about his experiences that we couldn't talk about the last time that he was on. So great work by him. Uh, you know, like I said, kudos to everyone. Yeah, it was just, it was just very well done. I mean, I think, you know, like you said, people hear fan film and they think it's three or four people that just go out with a camera and put something together. And I mean, they're there. Don't get me wrong. There are plenty of those out there on YouTube as well, but you know, fan film is just, it's just exactly that. It's something that's not necessarily backed by, a major studio and, you know, people going out. And I think that's, that's the beauty of where cinema is right now is that you have these people who have talent, have passion and they're out there. And if nothing else, I mean, they're putting the pressure on the studios to put really solid productions out there. And uh, I mean, that's why, I mean, I'm always thinking, you know, beyond, but never hike alone. I think 
yes, there's still money to be made. And yes, there are angles you can take that people haven't used before. When you look to just this year, September, with it, you know, that being a remake, there's going to be a new Halloween film coming out next year. I mean, we might have this renaissance of things that when they see that, you know, if you put some money into it and you produce it very well and you do a good job with it instead of just throwing it together in a couple of months, you're opening the door not only for one film to be successful, but for other ones to come after it. You know, and I, I think that's the one thing about horror that is uh, I'm very excited about. I mean, we're it's, it seems awkward to say because it's been so long, but we're not. Let's face it. The late 80s, things started to get a little goofy with with these horror films, these slasher movies. You know, it was like there, there was no concern at all for story. There was no concern about whether the people could act. I mean, we don't have that anymore. I mean, now the cinematography is really well done. The editing is is very good. The writing is good. The acting is good. You know, you're getting good direction. You're getting all these aspects of things. So the films are just of a higher quality. And, you know, so it's exciting. I see something like Never Hike Alone. It just, you know, leads me to believe that, you know, we're getting closer to that major studio Friday the 13th film. And, I you know, I just can't wait for it. Definitely. And I don't know if any of the powers that be have seen this film, I haven't heard one way or the other, but if they have not, when they finally do see this, mm-hmm. I think it's, it's probably going to light a fire under their ass. They're going to be like, Holy shit. We really, you know, we got to deliver because we've got independent film companies putting out these quality products. So mm-hmm. our 13th installment and obviously being 13th installment of Friday, the 13th is a big fucking deal in itself. Mm-hmm. So that should be even more motivation for them to knock this one out of the park, plain and simple. Oh yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's everything just like the last year. I mean, we get, you know, never hike alone. So you have this film, the success of the game, you know, earlier this year, you know, you had the anniversary of the Friday 13th part three, and there was a documentary with that. So, I mean, for, for a franchise that, I mean, they haven't released a film officially since 2009, you know, it's been a pretty big year. Friday the 13th. And I think, you know, if, like you said, if somebody, if they're not paying attention, well, you know, shame on you. I mean, cause it's obvious, it's right out there for everyone to see. And, you know, if you're not going to capitalize on that, then, I mean, that's just, let's face it, that's business, right? I mean, you get an opportunity to make money and you, you, you pass it up just because you don't want to do anything about it. Well, then you don't really know what you're doing. Yeah. I mean, if you're not going to take advantage of a proven franchise, you know, then so be it. But Never Hike Alone definitely filled the void that we were expecting to get this past fall. And not to mention that, we also have Sean Richards, executive producer of the Friday the 13th Part 3 documentary that, to my understanding, is going to be released very soon. I can't really speak anything further on that. Sean will uh, be back on the show in the future to discuss things with that, which is certainly uh, another pleasant thing contributing to the franchise. We have Cody Falk and Wet Paint Pictures. They're working on Voorhees right now. We've had Tony Crespo on talking about his fan film. And so there's other things that have been in the works to kind of keep us at bay on the next major installment. So Mm -hmm. I'm really anxious to see if maybe Never Hike Alone, because I haven't talked to these guys, but obviously they've seen Never Hike Alone, the guys from Voorhees, you know, Cody Falk Mm -hmm. and company and Tony Crespo. And they're probably thinking the same thing as we are as wow. And that's probably going to cause them to elevate what they were already going to do just because honestly, Vincent and company set 
the sites pretty high on what's deemed as a fan film. Now, granted, mm-hmm. it's it's titled as a fan film, yes, but still, these were professional people that were working on this. So, mm-hmm. of course, the bar is going to be high regardless. But I think it's going to set the tone for what people deem as a fan film for a long time. I've even heard people say that this is actually their fa- one of their favorite installments of the f- Friday, you know, franchise in general, even though it's technically not an official film, but mm-hmm. I certainly can see where they're coming from on that. Oh, definitely. That was right after I'd watched it. I, I spoke with a few people, you know, with Horror Geek Life, and I'm going to do a review and everything. So well, what did you think of it? And I saw just the, the, the way for me and more than anything, the way it ended was maybe the most satisfying ending to any Friday the 13th film I've seen. It was it was it was just the pacing and the you know Tom Matthew showing up and it, it was just the way that all came to a head and finished off. It just felt very satisfying. It didn't feel cheesy. It didn't feel over the top. It didn't feel like they were making some overt effort to leave it open where something else could happen. It just it just was what it was. And I mean that that was fantastic. And you talked about Easter eggs before, and that was another thing that really stood out to me. Is to me is like when you offer up references nods to other franchises or other you know films in a franchise sometimes the effort is so strong and it's just so obvious and it's just like okay that's there but i mean it's not great they did a very very good job of having these nods to the previous films that they were referring to that the diehard fans picked up on but none of it was like crammed down your throat it was just there True. you know i even think yeah, i even think of you know like with the, the kevin bacon the the, the pillow you know, just there, there was nothing about that. It was just a quick glance at it. And everybody knew immediately what they were referring to and what that was supposed to be. But it wasn't this big, long, drawn out and the music drastically changed. And it was like this big revelation. It just it was just this is what you're seeing and we're moving on. And that was perfect. Even at the end with the ambulance and pulling away, you know, I visions of like, you know, Trent's death from the 09 reboot, you know, just the fact that the, the car is pulling away and they, they have the camera and you see Jason standing there and they're going and, you know, he's in the ambulance with the, with the gurney. And that was, you know, it was things like that. There was just uh very, very well done. You know, you give people these, these things that put a smile on their face, but you don't have to cram it down their throat. And they nailed that aspect of things perfectly. They definitely did that. And, you know, speaking of the ending, obviously once they capitalize on the cameo and all that good stuff, it my first thought was you know holy shit like you're you're so wrapped up when you first see tom matthews obviously that's a huge cameo to have so once you get over that aspect you're kind of like or at least for me anyway i was like fuck i want more you know like i wish this was a longer film if anything and but i think it's still an appropriate length considering it is kind of a one-on-one type of thing Mm -hmm. but one thing that kind of threw me off a little bit or i was just kind of like i need a little bit more here was how all of a sudden we went boom right into the ambulance. It made me wonder like, well, how did we get from here to here? Now we're in the back of the ambulance. So mm-hmm. not, not that, not to be overly critical, but I felt like, Hey, I need more information here on this. You know, what, what the hell did we miss? Yeah, I can definitely see that. But I also look at a perspective of them. You look at the end of part two. I mean, you know, you get Jason jumping through the window and Amy Steele and, shit hits the fan that all of a sudden the next thing you see is they're wheeling her over to put her in in the ambulance and it was like the things that are unseen and unknown you know you fill in the blanks on that yourself 
I mean, who knows? That might have been what they were trying to do there. But yeah, I mean, I think you can make the argument they maybe could have made it a little longer in certain areas. I think you can make the argument that they maybe could have tightened it up a little bit and made it a little bit shorter in certain areas. But then it's like, I I kind of like the idea of the pacing, that it wasn't uh, just hell-bent the whole time. I mean, once it got intense, it, it remained intense. But, you know, there was this slow build toward that to the crescendo if you want to if you will and uh you know that kind of that kind of worked for me i mean if if anything is i mean as far as for me i don't even want to call it a complaint but something that was jason wasn't uh very adept at what he was doing you know and granted you know in a one-on-one situation you can't just dispense with the only other character immediately but it was uh there was a lot of hit and miss kind of with with Jason or swing and miss maybe would be the better way to put that you know he he waited quite a while to take action and when he did sometimes you know he wasn't very successful that's not necessarily what we've seen with Jason in the past you know he usually is he sees it he goes and he gets it and you know even if it doesn't work out you know he's not taking his sweet time in doing it um but i mean that's just you know it's like you said before i mean any movie you see you're going to have things that well they could have done that differently but yeah, I mean, other than that, the only thing that for me that stood out was when he was retelling the stories that he'd heard when he was a kid. I think his his memory on that was probably a little too good. Just about the time I started thinking that, he, I think it, if I recall, he he actually dropped that while he was talking to the camera. It was like, or something like that. I think that's how it went, you know. So it was kind of this acknowledgement. I thought the memories probably should have been a little murkier than they were for something that he had heard when he was a kid in passing. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, just nitpicking. That's just Friday freaks breaking every single aspect of a film down. Oh, of course. And that's, and that's what we do sometimes over the top. And like I said, that's certainly not the case with this film. There was nothing that stood out to me like, oh, this is a deal breaker for me or whatever, just things. But like, there's easy explanations for that. Like you said, if we have a one-on-one type of film, we can't have Jason fucking him up right in the first five minutes that he sees him right. and the movie's right. over. We've got a 20 minute video. So, right. you know, Vince had said that he wanted Kyle to be a formidable opponent and wanted to kind of set the tone with that. There was going to be a little bit of a struggle there. So on and so forth, which you don't see in any of the other films. When Jason shows up, you're fucked. See ya. Yeah. I mean, you're done. <laughs> yeah. So definitely a different take as far as that's concerned from what we've seen in every other Friday film. And I don't necessarily have a problem with that. And one thing that I thought I thought Drew Drew Lady did a great job, and I'm looking forward to speaking with him a little bit further down the road. But uh, one thing that kind of stuck out to me a little bit was I was kind of like, he doesn't really seem as scared as I would think that he would be out in the middle of nowhere with Jason trying to shove a machete up his ass. So, <laughs> not that he did a, I mean, it, it just I would think from what we're used to seeing with the the terror screams and the frantic. I got to get the fuck out of here and all that. It just, um, I guess since we've never seen this aspect of Friday, it just makes you think that there would be a little bit more terrifying behavior going on there. If that makes sense Mm -hmm. or terrified behavior, I guess like frantic, I got to get the fuck out of here, which, you know, he was trying to, I get that, but there was just some parts that it just kind of, it wasn't consistent with with what we've seen in the other. This is not, the typical take of a Friday. So I look at it like kind of with the scales of justice, you know, the weighing of the balance and 
So when you have to consider that, it's like, well, then again, this isn't the same take on Friday. So that's okay. So it's not necessarily a critique. It's just a matter of looking at the big picture, I suppose. Mm -hmm. I see what you're saying with the consistency and whatnot. It kind of did fluctuate between, you know, he was very frightened, frantic, however you want to put it. And there were times when, you know, I think they were trying to make a point with, with Jason and having the camera focused on him and just kind of his reaction of just watching him as opposed to just that consistent, you know, running through your mind, what the hell am I going to do to get out of this situation? Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I definitely see it. I mean, I didn't notice it quite as much as you did, but I mean, after you'd brought it up, I mean, I, I definitely see it more now. And, uh, but yeah, and, but you know, like I said, we we can, we're going to point out the things that didn't work. I mean, ultimately, and I, you had alluded to it before, even with some of these things that are like, well, I don't know how I, if I'm too thrilled with that. It doesn't change anything, and that and that's kind of where Never Hike Alone is in a you know uh, what neighborhood all to itself that way. That usually you see those things and it kind of takes away from me. Yeah, it was good, but you know these things, you know, they kind of they're sticking in my craw. They're bothering me a little bit. Those things happen in this movie, and it doesn't change at all how you feel about it when it's over. You know, just like you said, you want more of it. I mean, it was I was excited. I mean, it was honestly for me, it was. You know, when I went to go see uh, The Force Awakens, I mean, we left and I was with some friends and I was like, what did you think? I was like, I, that's for the first time in a long time, I felt like I saw a Star Wars movie, you know? And yes, that's me throwing a dog, you know, dig, dogging out the, the other trilogy. But that's what this this felt like to me. It, it, it felt like a Friday the 13th film. I mean, I had that rush of excitement you know, and that giddiness that you had when, you know, obviously for everybody when you were younger, because it's been so long since we've really had any, um, but that, that's, that's the way it made me feel. So I am very quick to look past the things that I wasn't all that keen on. And I know it's the same thing for you. Absolutely. And obviously I'm going to be critical of a Friday film, but they're definitely, like I said, there was nothing that was a deal breaker by any means, but mm-hmm with every film that you watch, you're going to have those same reactions. But regardless, I mean, the film was just so incredibly done that it, it really doesn't matter. It, it, it mm-hmm. kind of sounds like maybe we are being nitpicky, but then again, it's just like, I'm praising the film up one side and down the other. These are just a few of the things that yeah. I thought maybe could have been done different. But then again, that's just my opinion. The, ne- the next person might not agree, but I have heard several other people say the same thing. So I know that I'm not alone in that aspect. So I think it's, that's, that's what it comes down to though with criticism. I think it's, it's a necessity. You have to, even if you really, really love something, how many times, I mean, think about it for anyone listening for you, just anyone that enjoys films. When was, how many times in your life have you seen a movie where you loved every single thing about it and you didn't have anything that you would criticize about it? Those are very, very few and far between. And I think when you're going to be critical about a film, if you're going to praise it, you, you're you obligated to talk about the things that didn't work for you. Because otherwise it just looks like, you know, you're just fawning over it. Uh, because nothing True. is perfect. And I'm sure, you know, DeSanti would probably say the same thing. It's probably he looks at it. You know, I mean, I've done that. I mean, I worked at a TV station and you look at it and you're all happy about something. Then you two months later you watch it and you're like, ah, I wish I had cut that a little sooner here or I had done this there. There are always little things like that, but you know, it doesn't take away from the overall experience. And so I think it's always, you know, I mean, personally, I don't ever look forward to writing reviews because I just, I don't know. It's just not my cup of tea necessarily, but I always make a point to 
to even if it's in passing, you know, mention the things that maybe could have been done a little bit better or maybe they weren't done all that well, because I think it, it, it just gives more authenticity to the things that you're saying that are positive because you can see the good, you can see the bad, and then here's your overall thought of it as opposed to just you completely loved it, you completely hated it because there are very, very few films that you completely love or hate. That's true, and this is one that I definitely loved. There's no mm-hmm. doubt about that. I obviously knew things that would would technically be spoilers, but still it didn't spoil it for me. When I watched it, I was just as enthralled with it as I would have been if I didn't know these things. So mm-hmm. those definitely weren't deal – well, not deal breakers. Those weren't anything that ruined the experience for me by any means. Right. And I uh, I just – like I said, the, the whole time I was still like, wow. I mean, there was just brief times in there where I was like – just like with the things that we're talking about, it's like, oh, that could have been done, you know, just a little bit different. But mm-hmm. the – and even me saying like from getting to – to the ambulance like there's that break in there where you're like what happened in between well Mm -hmm. that's with every friday film like you said the same with part two there's that that's with every friday film so Mm -hmm. maybe that was done intentionally i don't know but it just it's still regardless it left me wanting more which is a good thing obviously Mm -hmm. the whole movie made me want more but obviously you can only do so much with a one-on-one type of film but Mm -hmm. we get the ideas in there and we can kind of see that there is potential there to you could have a feature length film of a one-on-one style. It's it's definitely there. Definitely. I think ultimately that's, I think what I take away from this is that this film proves not only that, you know, there's still story to be told out there and there's still a market for it, that you can take that kind of approach, a minimalistic approach, and it could work. It doesn't have to be a group of people. It doesn't have to be a bunch of, you know, people, women, they're wearing very little clothing going out and they're drinking and partying and, you know, fucking it up all over the camp like rabbits. And, you know, then all of a sudden all hell starts to break loose. It doesn't have to be that. It can be something far simpler. And I think if anything, even for for people who have always, because how many years have you been hearing about, oh, a Friday 13th film that would be set in, set in the winter? How great would that be? There's been a lot of talk about that. A lot of people would like to see that over the years. And for people like me that would like to see a different, you know, angle a different perspective on all of this that opened the door. And I think there are people that maybe didn't think like that, that now see that it can be something different. And I think if they want to continue on, I think it's going to have to be a little bit of both where you're going in new directions and coming back to what people are know, but then, you know, trying new things, this worked. And it would, like you said, it's, it's one guy and he had his camera and then Jason showed up. That's all it was until the end with the paramedics. And and it worked. So you don't, it doesn't have to be the cookie cutter exactly what every other Friday film has been. You can go in a completely different direction as long as the writing's good. You know, you have a good concept. Like we talked about the technical aspects, cinematography and the writing and the acting, you get all those things together. You can do just about anything you want and it'll work. And I think that that this film has kind of opened the door for that to say, yeah, it can, we can, we can do something fresh. And it'll still appeal to the fans. Absolutely. And the writing was definitely there. Everything was definitely there. All aspects of the production were all clearly there. And I would definitely love to see what this squad could do with a bigger budget and more options. Because they clearly know what they're doing. And they could turn out some fucking awesome shit. 
Mm-hmm. And one other thing that I would just like to sort of address or bring up that I have heard a few other people mention, and I do, I do kind of see where they're coming from. And it did kind of cross my mind a little bit too, but that's just minimal things is that with the drone views, obviously you get different views of the landscape and your surroundings and so on and so forth. But there's been some mention, well, you know, the trees, they didn't look like the same, you know, kind of trees that were uh, from where they were trying to portray. Cause obviously they were trying to portray the original camp, which you can't necessarily do, but you got to kind of have a, a line drawn somewhere there and be Mm -hmm. like, okay, you know, it is what it is. I thought the camp looked great. You know, obviously it didn't match part one's camp. It didn't match any of the other camps. Who the fuck cares? It looks like a camp. It is what it is. Just work with it. We had not much continuity throughout the films anyway. So just fucking roll with it, you know? (laughs) Right. Yeah. Continuity was not necessarily a strong suit for the Friday franchise, but no, yeah, the camp did look great. And it goes back to the technical, the cinematography, like the lighting, the use of natural light, especially when he gets into the main cabin, like the the lunch area, that was Mm -hmm. spectacular. I mean, that was like a beautiful shot, you know, it really was, but yeah, for the camp, considering all these years later and, you know, they're kind of coming up with their own stuff their own ideas that really, really worked. And when you talk about the trees, that's not even nitpicking. That's just fact. I mean, they shot this on the West coast and the other Friday films you're talking about East coast. And of course, you know, Jason lives in Georgia and whatnot, but I mean, there are two different, I mean, it's geographically speaking, it's going to look a lot different, but I mean, you look at one of the greatest horror films ever made. I mean, Halloween, you know, they had to shoot that in California and it's supposed to be taking place in Illinois. And you watch these shots with, you know, Jamie Lee Curtis and PJ souls walking down the street and, you know, supposed to be Halloween night in Illinois. And With I know spray painted paper, paper leaves, you know, <laughs> right. Spray painted in, leaves. We're both from the Midwest. There ain't going to be no green leaves anywhere, but the trees. So yes, they have the leaves that they're using on the streets, but the, the trees themselves are all lush and green. That's not what it looks like in Illinois in October. So, you know, it's one of no. those deals that you do the best you can with what you've got. John Carpenter did a, obviously did a fantastic job. They did a fantastic job here. So I wouldn't say that it's nitpicking or being overly critical. You know, it just is what it is. And, uh, but I mean, it's definitely there though. It's not like somebody is just being like, cause you have those people that'll watch a movie and everything is fantastic. And there's like this one little thing and they just won't let it go. It's like, yeah, but look at that. <laughs> you know, this, that's a little bit more obvious and I don't fault anybody for saying it. Yeah. I mean, like I said, it's it's one of those observation things. But when yeah. you have a drone and you're creating drone shots, the things that might be you know minimal, like the trees, like who the fuck cares? I mean, it's not like they were a bunch of redwoods. You know what I mean? So right. it, it's. But I do I do get that, and and I did mm-hmm. kind of think to myself, you know, I love the drone aspect, but yeah, that that does kind of that's not the typical layout that we're used to seeing in other Friday films. But then again, this isn't the same as the other Friday films, mm-hmm. so continuity issues aside and all that bullshit it's just one of those things where whatever hey if you want to pick on them because of what kind of fucking trees were in the goddamn drone shots then yeah. okay you know whatever i i i, I think it works so it's it's yeah. whatever on that aspect it's just something that i've seen people talking about and oh, yeah. i didn't notice it myself but it wasn't something that i would necessarily finger point i mean as you said they obviously shot this on the west coast it is what it is. If you don't like it, then, you know, fine. If that's a, if that's a deal breaker for you, then you probably aren't really a Friday fan. Yeah. I mean, it was kind of deal. I remember, you know, years ago, I mean, 
my my mind jumps all over the place. You know this about me anyway. But I when I interviewed Kane Hodder and he, he talked to you know I asked him about when the thoughts had crossed his mind about ending his own life after the accident with the fire and everything. And he had said, if what advice would you give somebody? And he said, look of everything I would have missed if I had decided to end everything. You know, I never would have been Jason Voorhees and never would have had hatchet. None of these things would have happened. And that's, I mean, it's two completely different things, but that's the first thing that pops into my head. And somebody's like, if they're going to let the trees bother them that much and you just turn it off because you're frustrated, look at everything that you would have missed with this, with this movie. You know, Absolutely. this is for, for big time Friday the 13th fans. I mean, I think this is, this is going to be one of those things that's going to kind of carry us through, you know, it's kind of thing. It's like a breath of fresh air. You know, we feel like there's hope that something can be really good. And we know that sooner or later we're going to get something. We are just hopeful that it's anywhere near as good as this was. Yeah. You said it perfectly and actually took the words right out of my mouth. I was going to say the exact same thing that this was a breath of fresh air to the Friday franchise. There's absolutely no doubt about that. This is exactly what we needed at this, I guess, lingering time waiting for the 13th installment that got canceled as everybody already knows, but it definitely was a breath of fresh air, even though it wasn't a feature length. I get that, but it was just, you know, just awesome. And Mm -hmm just so much respect for Vincent and all the crew at Womp Stomp, everybody that was involved, big thanks to all of them. And they just really did the franchise justice. And it's great to see what dedicated and like-minded people can actually come up with on a lower budget, if you will, production. Mm -hmm. I mean, the, the horror genre is no different than anything else. So you want to make a great superhero film? Yes. You can go out and get somebody who's just a great director, great producer, and you know they're going to do a good enough job. You get somebody, look at somebody like Kevin Smith. Not necessarily that he's out there directing all these superhero films, but someone who has a passion for it. I mean, you look at J.J. Abrams you know, with the, with the Force Awakens. I mean, there's a passion there. And I think with DeSanti and everything, we're all fans and we all would like to think that we could go out and, oh, man, we could write something. It would be good. And, it, you know, you'd go put it together and it would probably be be shit so you have somebody who feels like you do that like-minded individual like you talked about but they actually have the skill to make it happen you know this is like the film that we all wish we could make but they actually did and i think uh, that's what i keep going back to with the studios is just instead of coming up with the cookie cutter idea and just keep replacing you know we think this person's a good fit for this film there are a lot of filmmakers out there who are horror fans. There are a lot of filmmakers out there who are Friday the 13th fans like DeSanti. Give them the reins and get the fuck out of the way. And this is what you'll get. I think it's a simple lesson. Definitely. And Vince is, if you look at it, the things that he's been involved with in the past, you know, no, he has not directed a major, huge motion picture mm-hmm. project. But this just goes to show you that that's not necessarily a prerequisite. No, he did a wonderful job. He does have yeah. some experience in some other things, but like I said, being, if you just look at the big picture, imagine what somebody with his vision and what his thought process is looking at the writing that was done on this. And I can't say anything further, but I know that there's a lot of other ideas flowing with the people involved in this film. So, and it's great to to think about like holy shit what if they release other films friday related with these other ideas and things like that they i I see what they can do with never hike alone imagine Mm -hmm. what they can do with something else so just think about that 
Yeah, it was just, you look at it, you're just like, you watch this movie, and the only thought that keeps crossing your mind is, what could they have done if they actually had money? It's like, because this right. is, I mean, when you're talking about making a movie, they didn't have any money, and they still ended up with this for like $40,000. I mean, imagine, you know, they had a budget of 10, 12, 15 million dollars. I mean, my God, you know, I mean, it was fantastic on a shoestring budget. If you, shoestring is probably not even the right word for it. So, I mean, that's just, yeah, they just, (laughs) they just need to put somebody like him at the helm and then just get out of the way and just let him do it. Just let him make something that everyone's going to love. I agree. I think it's, it's people like him, obviously that are, keeping the franchise alive, like I said, in between the 13th installment. And obviously we do have some other projects in the works and we will have those people on to discuss those in the near future. And Vince, he will definitely be on in the near future. And of course we can, uh, he can disclose all the things that he couldn't disclose before and give all the behind behind the scenes stuff. Drew will be back on to talk about fighting with Jason and all that other shit. It obviously was not an easy road. There were, (laughs) well, I I don't want to give any spoilers out there, but it wasn't what you've seen on, on screen. There were, there were some bumps in the road. There obviously was some fight scenes and things like that. So I'll let them guys talk about that. But overall, I just want to say big thanks, Vincent. I love the film. I love the breath of fresh air that we just said. Well, both agreed that it brought to the franchise and big props to everyone at Womp Stomp. You all did an amazing job and we appreciate your contribution to the franchise. Yeah. I I would just piggyback on that. I was just, I know you had put me in touch with, with Vincent to write a review and he sent me some information and press release and whatnot when I was going to do it for horror geek life. And when we're done, we exchanged some emails back and forth. And I basically just kind of said what you just said. I just said as a Friday fan, thank you. And I think that, you know, it doesn't have to go any further than that. Anybody who's a huge Friday the 13th fan probably feels the same way. They're just thankful that this exists. Absolutely. And I've got to spend a lot of time talking with Vince, phone calls, text messages, whatever. Him and I have been playing the shit out of the Friday the 13th game. <laughs> uh, me, Vince, Renee Rivas, some of the other people involved. It. Uh, I've got to hear a lot about it. And then to see it on the screen just made it that much better. And like I said, I just, I just really appreciate their contribution and I hope they continue on with what they're doing because they could bring, who knows what they could bring. I mean, the potential is there and I hope that they capitalize on that and it it is what it is. I mean, just, just big props Mm -hmm. to everyone. Definitely. I couldn't say any better than that myself. All right. Well, I guess that wraps up another episode of Return to Camp Blood. So please rate and review wherever the hell you listen to the show at. And if you haven't seen Never Hike Alone, quit fucking around and go do it. Just go to YouTube, search the name, boom, there it is. You can't miss it. This episode was brought to you by Womp Stomp Films. Until next time.